Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Words of Crom. I'm Phil. With me as always, Stu. And Nick. And the returner, the returning gentleman, Dan. It's an honour to be here, Phil. <laughs> so why, why didn't you uh, send any updates? Because I genuinely thought you potentially could have been dead, Yeah, Dan. Because you didn't, you didn't post any Facebook updates, any Twitter updates, any form of blog, which you said you potentially considered. I, you know, However... <coughs> Yes. You were logged on to Facebook a few times because I know you put on a status on the Sunday, like get there safe. On the Tuesday, I posted something like, "Are you alive?" Nothing, but on the Facebook app, I could see that you'd been online within like half an hour or an hour ago. So it's like, is somebody stole his uh, phone or his <laughs> his tablet and is running around pretending to be pretending done. to be done? Or, uh, I chose, uh, you know, I, I'm always, I always generally go on holiday and go off the radar, it's my thing. I know I said I would probably, I never said I would, I would probably keep a blog or some form of update. Uh, I just couldn't be bothered. I did initially start doing a video blog and then I realised after my first procedure that it wasn't a good idea because, uh, well, well, we'll go into detail. Uh, but my very first day there, my first full day, the Sunday, I hadn't even been in the country 24 hours, and Nick writes on my wall, UPDATES! No politeness, <laughs> no, no, you know, no, no importance, just, just simply UPDATES, I just thought, no, you know, it, it's not, you don't just get to get updates from me just by saying the word UPDATES, I thought I'd leave it, a couple of days later, again, I got, you alive, I just thought, you know what, I'm not talking to anyone now, for <laughs> It should be grateful that we at took least an interest. took the interest to think, oh, is Dan doing okay? And then our, our own completely useless and inept I'd be slightly upset if way. I'd gone away abroad completely on my own, to ha- especially to have some form of medical procedure, and then for my friends to show an interest in my well-being, and then go, ha, fuck them. No, there was never fuck them. Uh, I, I was very grateful, uh, but there were some times... Again, this is what I found with doing the video blog, which I initially started doing. There were some times where uh, my self-esteem was very low. Again, all would become clear. My self-esteem was very low, and it's not wise to social network when you're feeling like that because Mm. your feelings aren't uh, aren't in the right state of mind. It's very easy to broadcast something that you wouldn't wish to broadcast. Just, Just... Because obviously no one can see what's happening here. Dan has his lower mouth covered by a scarf, like his, like if you've ever seen Blade Two, one of the weird, open Reapers. mouthy Reaper grimly <coughs> vampire things. I was going for Darth Malak for him. So Darth Malak, Malak. yes, yeah. that's, that's another good, another good thing. But obviously with hair. <laughs> yeah, I think he looks like the least aggro football hooligan ever. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> a football hooligan of Cambridge United. Or you know what? I um, Brighton. Uh, there was one day in Budapest uh, where I'd had a procedure uh, and uh, and I had my my buff, as it's called, my headscarf. I, I was wearing that as a bandana. Uh, with with my Russian hat on and uh, my bright red hoodie on, and I looked like the world's most colourful bandit. <laughs> so, do, do you want to reveal yourself, or do you want to tell the story? 
How do you want to do this, Dan? Uh, I'll reveal myself now. I, I should uh, also point out... Uh, we haven't seen this. Yeah, we, none of us have seen this. None of, a, none of the three gentlemen I'm with have seen my mouth. I haven't actually seen these guys for at least... Oh, got to be over three weeks now. Uh, probably getting on four weeks. Uh, and yes, being men, I you might not see a massive difference. Uh, but, uh, but I see it, and I'm very, very happy with the result. So... As the as the bishop said to the actress, feast your eyes. Yeah. I can sort of see the difference. Yeah. I can see the difference. Yeah, I'm very happy with them. Yeah, I can see it more at the side rather than at the front. Yeah, I uh doesn't look as like I was expecting you come back with huge fucking donkey teeth or something. Well, I was afraid of the same thing. I think a lot of people were actually, and the good thing is they look like my own teeth. Yeah. You know, if you didn't so, know me, you certainly wouldn't question that they weren't my own teeth. They see all seem proportionate to mm. each other. They're they're all so good. Uh so basically I may as well in Nice one, mate. Sorry mate, I'm just no, saying no, one no. Of them. Thank you, do you, do, do, uh, do you like them? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm pleased for you. Like in my in my darkest imaginations, they're like filled with oh, same, really I, obvious. Yeah, like Ross from Friends, kind of. Have uh, you been in your teeth? Yeah. Gee, like we, were, we were watching um, UFC the other day, and Rampage Jackson had a gum shield with yeah. big white yeah. like teeth, sort of molded onto it. And it just looked like really freaky. And, and but are. no, they look they look genuinely good. I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with them. Everyone who's seen them, as who was in on it, or who I've told, as people who didn't know about it, noticed. Uh, well, I had tea with my friend Ria on Friday night, who, uh, who, for the audience, Ria was the one who got me a parking ticket. Ria paid, uh, Ria paid for me to, uh, me and Ria went to Chiquitos on Friday night and she paid to make it up for me. So now she's in Ria's. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> I did a very lavish, way then I should have done a Horatio style. Yeah! Anyway, <laughs> don't get that reference. Uh, CSI, CSI? you know, <laughs> you put on your sunglasses. Well, I guess she's in her ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stu doesn't know the internet, so he won't get that joke. No. Um, anyway, I had tea with Ria. Ria did not. Ria knew I'd been to Budapest. Ria did not know why I'd gone to Budapest. Uh, and when I finally told her, she said, you know what, I've been staring at your teeth all night, thinking, why have I never noticed before how beautiful Dan's teeth are? So, so people have noticed, but not in an obvious way. So, Are you in pain now? Is there anything oh, you yeah. cannot eat? You are in pain? I'm not, well, not at this, right, right at this moment, uh, but uh, there's been a lot of pain, a lot of sensitivity, a lot of waking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Yeah, it's very unpleasant, and uh, as a man who has had toothache, uh, are, are you sure? You it's must... one of the worst pains ever, toothache. Absolutely, it is. Um, uh, so, I mean, I'm taking a lot of paracetamol at the moment. I haven't had this much paracetamol since I had surgery on my hand eight years ago, and uh, you know, but totally, completely worth it. I knew ahead of time there was going to be pain. I knew there'd be sensitivity. Uh, you know, cold water still is a bit unpleasant uh you know but again i knew it was going to come with the territory in time it's going to slowly but surely wear off uh, it's already two weeks later it's already less extreme than it was uh, can it you eat normally 
Uh, yes and no. Uh, crunchy veg is very hard, so I'm avoiding veg. Uh, the thought of eating crust on bread goes through me, gives me the shivers, because it's very hard to eat crust, but ultimately I can eat most things. I'm avoiding... Apples. <laughs> yeah, do you want an apple then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the only way I'll be eating any apples in the, in the near future will be if they're sliced and diced, and, uh, you know... In I'm, a delightful I'm, pie. And I'd love my nuns. I would love my nan to make an apple pie. That would be great. I've been eating Mr. Kipling apple pies. I've had no trouble does, with that. Uh, does your nan listen to this podcast? She doesn't. Really, I hope she doesn't. Uh, all the yeah, blue it's language. It's probably best she doesn't my, listen to it. My nan She'll not a, look at you twice. My then. nan wants to have a clue to get on the internet. Oh, all right. right, right. Uh, my nan's one of them. My nan's one of them. It's like, uh, okay, nan, you put it on HDMI 2. Then you press power on this remote. Wait, which remote? No, you, you pick up the Virgin remote. You press... <laughs> So my nan would never get the internet. It's hard enough just to get to go on Virgin on demand on a TV. Uh, but yeah, no, food and drink is generally okay. Earlier I had my first cup of tea for like three weeks. I drank it through a straw. Because uh, I'm avoiding, even though the danger period is over, I'm still avoiding really colourful, stain-worthy Stain food, yeah. stuff. It's a good thing I don't drink coffee or red wine. It's a good thing I don't smoke. Uh, and again, I'd like to point out to the audience that there was nothing wrong with my teeth. They were straight, they were white, they weren't exactly Hollywood, and now I feel I've got that lovely, charming Hollywood smile. I've lost a gap in my teeth, and rather than have veneers, which is what I was initially going to do, I've now got crowns, and whereas veneers just go on your teeth, they can align the bottom of them, uh, you know, put them all in line, crowns can actually reshape your teeth and gums. So uh, because I had a gap in my teeth, uh, and my teeth had moved over so slightly to accommodate the gap, my smile was two millimetres off centre, whereas now it's perfectly symmetrical back in the centre. So I've lost the gap, it's symmetrical, and it's a lovely white colour. I've had the bottom jaw bleached, and uh, and yeah, I'm really happy with them. I'm really happy with them. So ultimately, the, uh, the only question that's remaining is, as Dan, as, as someone who's so criticised Stu for being uh, a coward, as you put it, on his... <laughs> jaunt across the seas to a place where that doesn't even speak English. Uh, what did you get up to in Budapest? First of all, I would like to readdress the <laughs> the Stu being a coward thing. I merely said he was cowardly for like every time he saw a fellow whitey, he wouldn't go and talk to them. That was my idea of a cowardice. Does anyone, does anyone disagree with me there? Did I ever convey there was anything else cowardly about him? Plenty, to be honest, but we'll have to go back through and listen to the, <laughs> yeah, the individual probably. podcasts. Um, do you recall, Stu, you're the one who took the brunt of the attack? I... <coughs> no. Uh, yeah, so... And I, you know what, Stu, I'm going to give you a rare apology. Uh, I'm sorry for that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, on, on tip, as well. So, I'm sorry for that, mate, because at the end of the day, I have to also appreciate people have different levels of comfort and confidence, and me and Stu are two very different people. So what did you get up to in Budapest? How many uh, people did you encounter? I encountered quite a few, and I'd like to say I talked to quite a few. Uh, I did, did you put your finger in anyone's bum? Uh, no, no. Well, then you're on. No, no <laughs> I can safely say that no anuses at all were, were penetrated on this Even your own? Even my own. It's <laughs> uh, amazing restraint. Indeed. So, on Saturday evening, I went to Budapest. Were you, were you obviously, I believe, on Facebook, or you texted me, I can't remember... You did say you were shitting it a bit. Yeah, you wrote to my wall to say good luck, and I hadn't even set off to the airport at that point. I was like, thanks guys, I'm actually nervous now. And my parents very nicely took me to the airport. And as they and I got out of the car, 
uh, I had that sudden flash in my mind that that was it now. I was going off alone on my journey to a scary country where no one speaks English very well. And, you know, for, for like a second, the look of fear must have crossed my eyes because my mum's face dropped and I just quickly had to man up. I'm like, well, I'll see you in a week. And off I went on my suitcase and... And, uh, you know, I had a very overpriced toasty and beer in uh, Bar 8 in, a, in the airport. <laughs> and, um, and then I was in the queue the, for, for boarding the plane. They, you know, I, I was watching the gate screen the whole time and the fact that the gate's number finally turned up and everyone runs, you know, and I made sure I was fastest because I wanted to get on straight away so I could get out of seat with leg room. Hang on, don't you use seats? No, I was flying with Ryanair, Ryanair. Oh, right. uh, fucking like a cattle. <laughs> yeah. Like any kind of like Get international no seats, just loops. Yeah, hold on. For international uh, listeners, Ryanair is like. Frills, it, no It's frills. like a bus. You get on and you sit wherever you want. You can sit in the aisle. They used to do that at Euston with the trains coming back to Manchester. The, in every other train station I've ever been in, if the train's at half past 12, it's there at quarter past easily. You can just walk on. Apart from at Euston, where the door's at the very top of the ramp that leads down mm. to the train. It's like, well, the train leaves in five minutes. You've got another couple of minutes to wait, yeah, and then they make you just sprint onto it yeah. to get a seat. Well, yeah, Ryanair is like that. Ryanair are cheap, you know, Ryanair are genuinely, honestly talking about one day charging people to go to the toilets on the flight, you know, that's, that's how they work. So, yeah, I flew the Ryanair. Uh, would have loved to have flown with a, with a better airline, you know, I didn't have a choice in the matter. But therefore, I made sure I yeah, would cool. to... Sorry? Why wouldn't you have a choice? Because, uh, literally, the only flights I could get from Manchester, it's true I could have maybe gone to Liverpool or whatever, but I wanted to go from Manchester. The only flights from Manchester were either on the Monday with, uh, with Jet 2, which would not have been feasible, because my first procedure was on Monday, and Saturday, the only airline available, Ryanair. So, you know, that was it. Yeah, had to... only one. Uh, you know, and, and again, it worked out, you know, because I just thought I can run on the plane, I can grab a seat with legroom, you know, because I'm on my knees, and I have to wear, for the record, for people who don't know, I have to wear insoles in my shoes, because I just I have dicky knees, you know, so... I don't yeah. know that either. I'm pretty sure I've said. But there you go, there you go, revelations all around. How long was the flight? Uh, about three hours. Do you even get food on Ryanair? No. Well, they a, a, tro- a, a trolley does come down if you want to pa- if you want to buy Pringles or whatever. You're not offered an in-flight meal or anything. It is basically a train of the skies, isn't it? I, I can only imagine if an emergency happened on a Ryanair plane. I bet there'd be no gas masks or anything like that. No air, air masks. <laughs> well, you know when uh, you no know, parachutes. You know when you yeah, normally a Bible quotation falls down if you've got a god pray to him because <laughs> shit's going on. You know when you normally board a plane, the plane's been in the airport for hours. Mm. Um, but when you board Ryanair, certainly in this case, the plane arrives. Uh, the people on said plane get off, and you immediately get on. That's how you know it is. Literally like getting on a bus. But again, I'm not complaining. It was a great flight. It was made more great by a lovely Hungarian girl called Kinga, who I got talking to in the Kiefer boarding. Uh, I managed to get second to the front in the Kiefer boarding, and uh, one of the camp cliché male stewards had this uh, trolley in front of him, and if you had carry-on luggage, that wasn't I had a shoulder bag, if you had carry-on luggage that resembled a small suitcase, it had to fit into this trolley. If it didn't fit in, you had to pay a £50 fine if you will just for it to just just for it to go in like a plastic bag and go on the hold all ridiculous anyway we all witnessed this poor woman struggle to get her bag in and get charged 50 quid on the spot and literally everyone in the queue went 
And, uh, and instantly <laughs> checking the desperately yeah. trying to kick the bags into a smaller shape. And uh, and at this point, me and this girl behind me uh, made eye contact, and we shared a smile, and then we we went through the tunnel. It wasn't a, even a connecting tunnel; it was a tunnel that led down some stairs where we had to wait for a few minutes before then running across the taxiway onto the airplane. Got to run across <coughs> fucking landing strip yeah. to get a And uh, I, I would like to stress <laughs> people and little kids just get blown away yeah. by like, the, the 747 that's just Roaring taxiing past. down the fucking lane next to it. I'd like to stress as well that it, it, was, it was dark, it was cold. It's fucking dark! Yeah, it was, it was dark, it was cold, it was windy, and it had been a snowy day, you know. I'm very grateful to flow. <laughs> it's icy as well. Yeah. I'm very grateful oh. to have flown from Manchester because that very day there were so many flights cancelled at Heathrow because yeah. they were claiming poor visibility. Yeah, I was wondering if one of, you, one of your flights would have been affected. Uh, you know, we were 20 minutes late setting off. Uh, we arrived on time. Uh, so there were absolutely no issues. But, yeah, we were waiting on the stairwell to, to get on the taxiway and, you know, again, me and this girl make eye contact with her. So I just did a very typical British, all right? And... Uh, and it turns out she's Hungarian, and uh, and we get talking. It turned out she was another solo traveller, and we asked why we were going to Budapest. She studies in Leeds, and is cabin crew herself a Ryanair. She happened to be in Manchester going back to Budapest for two days, literally, just to sit a German exam and then go back to England. Um, and she was asking what I was doing, and I said, oh, well, I'm a... Is everything all right there, Yeah, go she asked what I was up to, and I said, well, you know, I'm, a, I'm an actor, I kind of want to, I, I would like a Hollywood smile, I'm going to get my dentistry done, you know, and so, you know, we immediately found each other fascinating, you know, so next thing we know, we're agreeing to sit with each other on the plane, again, because she's crabbing crew, crabbing crew, she's cabin crew, she knows where to sit on the plane, so she's got the exact same mindset as me, let's run on and get some leg room. So uh, so we get we get to a row, red leg room, and we spent the entire three hours just talking to each other. And she was a lovely girl, you know, there were never any awkward silences, she was very chatty. She asked me about, you know, about my acting and everything. I told her about my trip to Hollywood. I told her about why I didn't go back to Hollywood, because uh, I, I got in a, a long-term relationship and obviously chose not to move there like I could have done. She had the best answer ever in a thick Eastern European accent. She goes, you don't give up on your dream for some fucking girl! She was awesome. She was really cool. And she got out a pen and paper from a bag and wrote down all these cool places for me to go to and food and drink to try and gave me all the Hungarian translations because she said the Hungarians don't speak very good English. She was lovely. Uh, you know, we got to the airport. She waited at the carousel with me whilst I got my bag. Blew me a kiss and off she went. Uh, not before giving me a, her email address. I really should email her and tell her I had a great trip. Anyway. It's been three weeks. <laughs> well. Dick. <laughs> well, well, do you remember? She was super nice to me and I've repaired her kindness by completely ignoring her. <laughs> I mean, now, now, to be, now, to be fair, I did ask, are you on Facebook? And her answer was, oh, no, I, I don't want to make you jealous. So, uh, so, you know, so I'm not the one being a dick. Um, anyway. Uh, I then go into the hotel, uh, the hotel, the airport, foyer, whatever, where I'm met by my driver for the evening, a big fat guy called Eshwan, which is Hungarian for Stephen. And, uh, and we get in his car and uh, we go down the road and the drivers over there are insane. At one point he went into his wallet, not looking at the road, he went into his wallet and we veered over into the other lane, doing 120 kilometres an hour. It was quite unnerving. 
Uh, and I was also disappointed, I must say, I was quite disappointed and a bit surprised when we got out of the airport to see a big Tesco. I wasn't expecting Tesco. They have, <laughs> they have Tesco, they have Lidl, they have Marks and Spencer, they have TGI Fridays. Um, anyway, uh, get to my hotel, which was lovely, a beautiful hotel called the Palazzo Zicci. It used to be a palace, uh, very nice, free Wi-Fi, hence why I was able to go on Facebook, as you've but seen the didn't TM. choose to update anyone. Indeed. Uh... I was going out my mind with worry. Yeah. If you genuinely were, I'm very flattered. And you should know that on the Friday evening, uh, I listened to the podcast you put up, uh, the flashback podcast where we talked about our worst dates. And uh, I liked the intro where you said, uh, just me tonight because Dan's gone away and we've not heard from him since. We don't know if he's in Budapest or alive. It's just... Quite like this. It could be anywhere in the world because it's sex trafficking. <laughs> Did you watch uh, Hostel before you went? I've seen Hostel before, and I must say it's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and you watch more films? Uh, so I've not seen Hostel 2, which I imagine is even worse. Try 3. There's a 3. Yeah. Oh, it's in Vegas, isn't it? Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Vegas, yeah. I might watch it. It was on Love Film. Is the second one also in Eastern Europe? Second one is. I'm in the second one. Mm-hmm. You serious? As in, there's a person credited called Phil Belch, are you... As in, you... you'll watch that film, <laughs> and I'll appear, and you'll go, fuck me, that's Phil. I want to see it now, all of a sudden. Uh, is it a terrible, terrible film? It's alright. That means it's terrible. Um... <laughs> no, it means it's alright. If it was terrible, I'd say, yes, Don, it's terrible. Yeah, but you, you think Kevin Smith films are good. Anyway, we're, get, we're getting off track here. Let's not go into my deep hatred for fucking Kevin Smith. Jesus Christ. I'm getting angry <laughs> yeah. just thinking about it. We tried to watch Red State the other day and we lasted like, I lasted 10 minutes into it. Yeah. So you give it full. You weren't sure. So we no, we were, just chat, we were just chatting. So I didn't give it enough chance. So I'll, I'll give it another try another time. Anyway, the begi- that- well, yeah, briefly, the beginning, is, you'll not like the beginning if you don't like Kevin Smith films because the beginning bit is the most Kevin Smith like films. It's just three lads talking about sex and dick jokes and stuff. But then it does kick off within. 15 minutes and it's not anything like it becomes with anyway I just, I just snigger then because I just, I just really want to watch Hostel 2 all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> you're intrigued yeah, I'm, I'm really, also, yeah. right. so, so you got you got to the the hotel yep. which is the next palace what did you do then uh, it was night time it was like midnight so it was literally I say it was yeah no it was midnight it was about 11 o'clock back home so I had a quick whatsapp conversation with my parents and um, and then it was off to bed and then I had all day the next Sunday all day to do whatever I wanted so what did you do uh, I got up had a lovely breakfast in the hotel chilled out in the bar which the bar in there was fantastic because up until 5pm it's like three bottles of water three cups of tea and everything I knew it was going to be the last day I'd get to drink a cup of tea. So Stupid, I love what, that. What's Hungarian breakfast? Cabbage. Uh, there was <laughs> uh, there was scrambled egg. There was omelette. There was bacon. There was sausages. Uh, there was yogurt. There was fruit. Borscht. Uh, borscht. You know I. You know I had goulash whilst I was over there. I never had borscht. I'm afraid. I think borscht is more of a Russian delicacy. As you were over there, let, let's just try and distinguish you from Stu here and his endeavours. Did you? Obviously, you tried goulash. Uh, what else did you try? Uh, that is distinctly Eastern European. You know what? I wish I brought the list with me. The list that Kinga gave me. She listed food and drink to try. And I had this dessert over there, which I cannot tell you its name. It's a ridiculously complicated name. But it's like tiramisu, but not. It's like it came out on like four big balls. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> lols. 
four big balls on like an oval plate covered in like chocolate and cream. And it tasted like tiramisu, but it wasn't tiramisu. And again, it had some very fancy name. But I had that. I wanted to make. I did want to try the food over there, the genuine Hungarian food. I also made it a mission of mine after my first full day there. I'm, I told myself that I would never eat in the same place twice, and I didn't. Uh, yeah, you looked like you wanted to say something there, Phil. I did, because... Did you? It, you, you? I said Pavel. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this was starting to like be... He didn't fucking eat anything when he was there, so what did you eat? Dessert doesn't count. I can destroy any culture's fucking dessert. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking starters and mains that I've got issues with. So you, you went a day without eating yeah, I did. In, in Tokyo. Yeah, I did. Which is one of the finest culinary cities on earth. <laughs> you should know that. You should know that for very different reasons. Yeah, I, but you you say that when you see what a, a two hundred yen beef ball looks like, <laughs> and it's called beef ball. <laughs> was it a bowl of beef? See, it's a bowl of something resembling <laughs> beef, and it's two hundred yen. It harsh. It was harsh. Two hundred yen is about a pound. So although the price is quite was agreeable. <laughs> see, Dan, I would have understood if you sort of aired away from eating anything with the fact because you haven't fucking worked on your teeth. Well, see, I'm sad to say there was a day where, like Stu in Japan, there was a day where if you don't include the extremely minor breakfast I had, I do mean minor, there was a day where I also didn't eat anything for a whole day and, and that wasn't out of choice. Um, but yes, my first day, so I had a lovely breakfast in the hotel, chilled out in the bar whilst I looked at my maps and my... And my app, I had an app on my phone, uh, an official TripAdvisor app specifically for Budapest, that uh, disp- if you, you can turn your data roaming off and it will still use your GPS on your phone to locate where things are. So, yeah, so I was very happy with that. So I found my, lo- my nearest uh, underground station, went to the underground, uh, took a screen grab off my phone, off the travel card that I wanted to buy, went to the underground, showed them the travel card, asked for a travel card, I got a seven day travel card which would allow me to travel on the Met and the underground and I say that the Met is the underground, the underground and the trams and the buses and everything. Was it cheap over there? You know what, it's so cheap over there that I took too much money and it's so again it's so cheap that you actually feel bad for not spending that much money. The, you know, the wages over there are terrible, hence why it's so affordable. Do they don't tip anyone. Oh, certainly. You tell you what, my last day there, I gave the equivalent of a twenty-pound tip to the to, uh, to whoever cleaned my room, just because I had that. Because I shot on the carpet. <laughs> that and I had so much money. It was just, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I got myself this uh, this travel card, and I looked at my app. I was like, "Where do I want to go?" And I, uh, one of the top things that came up, uh, suggested things to do, was the Parliament Building, which Kingo had suggested. So I got on a tram on a whim, hoping it would take me in the right direction. It did. Took me down to the River Danube, which is a beautiful river. All the fancy buildings are on the river. You got Buda Castle, where Katy Perry shot the firework video. You've got you've got Saint Stephen's Basilica. You've got the Fisherman's Bastille. There's a beautiful building. It's very beautiful. Uh, I became very smitten with a raven on the river, which I couldn't stop taking photos of. Uh, anyway, I came across the Parliament Building, which is a beautiful... Are we on painkillers at this point, when no. you're smitten with a bird? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there was only one day that required painkillers, actually, which we'll come on to. Um, so I got to the Parliament Building, uh, which was a very scary building. There were, you know, uniformed, uh, army uniformed guys there in scary military uniform, and, you know, you were allowed one by one into this tiny little office to buy a ticket for the tour. Um, and 
and I got a ticket, which again was dirt cheap. And my, my the English language tour didn't start for like another half hour, so I just went along the river, took some more photos. I took a ridiculous amount of photos on this trip. I'm talking like 500, 600 photos. All of it, so much of it as well, is just architecture and statues and everything. I spent the whole time thinking, will anyone even want to see these? Will anyone even find these interesting? But, you know, you take them anyway. Well, you look at them yeah, exactly. and you go, I remember that. <coughs> Still suffering from a bad throat. <coughs> <coughs> what? Nothing. Um... Anyway, uh, finally the tour started and it was just like going through an airport. So I had to go through these body scanners and everything to take your coat off and everything. Oh, you didn't have to take your coat off. You take any bags off and everything. I kept my coat on, uh, but made sure to empty it of anything metal I thought I had on me. I go through the scanner and sure enough, I start beeping. I was the only pe- person out of like 30 people in my group to beep. So everyone's watching me as these scary uniform guys take me to one side and start showing me, you know putting one of those scanners over my body and uh, and something uh, something on my chest is beeping so I uh, I go into my pocket it turns out it's the little tin thing I've got with my business cards in and I'm like and they're like open it and I try to open it I have to open it and pull out the cards with my face on and I'm like it's just, you know it's, it's, see it's just business cards and they're like so they scan me again uh, something goes off again this time it's in the other pocket I'm like I don't, I don't see what can be in there and they're like empty it I empty it, and again, they're still... Uh, I finally got rid of them, I binned them, but after all this time, there were still little mini posters in there with my face on. At that time, I got caught, you know, those uh, those drug police uh, did a search on me, and they found all those posters with my face on, you know, so, so I, this was a warning <laughs> after this to, uh, to stop carrying posters with my face on in my pockets. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> what the people were doing looking at you? Just... Business card with a face on it. Oh, some promotional posters with me on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the most famous man in the world. Tell your friends. Um, <laughs> needless to say, those particular posters have been binned. Uh, and also, I realise the drug cop thing is completely out of context, but that's for another podcast. Anyway, toured around the Parliament building, was very nice, spoke to a couple of nice French people in there, uh, all as well. When I was done in there, I then headed down the road uh, to this giant church-like building. I had no idea at the time it was St. Stephen's Basilica. If I'd known, it was something I could have crossed off my list sooner, but I just took a few photos of it from the front and went to find somewhere to eat. At this point, I caught sight of a group of girls walking down the street and automatically thought, I'll just follow where they go. So, follow these... To school! (laughs) So were they like down the street and you were like behind a corner just just looking round and as they moved you sort of sneak out? No, no, they just... What age were these girls? Just so we can clear the fact just lurking. (laughs) They were women. That's a relief. No, let's not call them girls, they were women. I followed this group of women going to a bar called Barrio Bar. So I thought, great, this looks like a good place to eat, I'll go in there. They turned out to be English girls, and they were going home that night. They'd come over for a weekend. They weren't like a Hindu or anything. They'd just literally come over for a weekend. And because they were English, they were very easy to talk to. So I asked them if there were any bars or clubs they could recommend. They recommended a club called Instant, which I thought, great, I will be going to that. Just to interrupt, these Barrio Bar, Instant Bar, they all sound like the kind of cheap Russian mafia-owned kind of bars that you'd see in films. Was it? Uh, Just to me, anyway. Uh, well, I you know what? None of you lot really watch films, so fuck you. Yeah. Well, I, I can't, I can't vouch for instant, but uh, which we'll come on to. I can't vouch for instant, but Barrio was a very, very plush, fancy bar. It was very nice. It's very not Hungarians allowed. 
Uh, well, they serve plenty of Hungarian food because I had. This is where I had goulash for the first time. Well, for the only what time. What's goulash? Goulash is like borscht, I guess. It's a thick soup with big chunks of uh, vegetables and and other items. I couldn't quite. I would not eat goulash just because the word itself sounds disgusting. Goulash doesn't sound appealing, does it? Goulash. Are you okay there, Phil? You've been on your phone an awful lot while I'm telling the story. It's annoying, isn't it, Dan? Which one is that? Ah, so that's aimed at me, isn't it? Um, no! <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, I'm happy to say at this point I sampled Hungarian food and, you know, I got talking to these nice girls. Couldn't tell you any of the names. And then by this point it was dark, but back along the river. So the shoes of the Danube as well, which is a great little monument. It's literally all these metal shoes on the side of the river, which is like a Holocaust memorial for all the people who are killed in the Holocaust. I was just going to say, is it not like just actual shoes from no, what, the communist shop? Uh, no, they're metal shoes uh, <laughs> fixed into the ground. But let me tell you, they're asking for a drunk person to trip over them and fall into the river. Um, anyway, you know, so I walked back along, uh, uh, headed back to my hotel, and because I had to be up dead early in the morning for my first procedure, I just simply watched a film on my tablet. I watched a film which I've never seen before because people at the time said, oh, don't watch it, it's not as good as the first one, it's a bit shit. And I feel like I've been missiled. Yes, it's not as good missiled. as... Missiled. Or misled, whatever. Uh, <laughs> what film was it? Uh, it's a film that is actually, I thought, really good. Yes, it's nowhere near as good as the first one. But it is good. I watched Iron Man 2 for the first time. It's alright. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, anyway, I watched that and then it was off to bed. I had to be up bright and early the next morning for my first dental appointment. So I had a very quick breakfast, which was literally a bowl of peaches. And, uh, and I got picked up by my dry- driver, a nice guy called Martin, who uh, took me... Was this all pre-arranged? This was all pre-arranged, yeah. So, you know... I had... By this company in this country? Yep. So I picked up in, a, in an official car for the dentistry by this guy called Martin. He provided me with my pack, if you will, which included a mobile phone in case I needed to call any of them, uh, uh, a map, a list of suggested things to do, a particular bus company that they recommended where you, they would take you to key loca- uh, key sites, and you know, and you get a free boat trip out of it, and also. Loads of do's and don'ts about you know what well Soviet headwear don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what you compl- you guys were completely wrong about the Russian hats let me tell you so many people over there wearing Russian hats including the locals so you know <laughs> so completely fine I wore my Russian hat a lot and let me tell you I needed it it was bitterly cold over there very cold and snowy it was it was beautiful I, uh, ironically it was very cold and snowy here too I know that on the Friday night you guys had a ridiculous amount of snow didn't you yeah. In fact, did I read that? Did I read that? the end of the world. Did I read that one of you? And I'm looking at you, Stu. Did I read that one of you even had to abandon your car? Cause yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, so you know, but that, there you go. They get rid of snow in Budapest. It doesn't grind their country to a halt. In fact, their airport, Kinga told me, is almost constantly shrouded with fog. They don't have flights cancelled because of poor visibility. They also don't have safety. <laughs> Well, that's true. They're like, also not English. Like I say, the drivers over there, over there are mental, you know. I thought there were arsehole drivers in this country, but there's some scary ones over there. As an aside, uh, Anna, my girlfriend, just learned to drive and just passed the test. Which, congratulations to her. Um, well, hey. And she's got a car. I, I don't mean to upset her, but every time I drive with her, I'll shit my pants at least twice. Mm. Because she's just learned to drive, and it, it's scary. When he first started driving... Fucking hell. It was the most terrifying thing in the world. 
That's it's going around. making him sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all the reason. I can only. It must be his driving or some form of the temperature. I get sick. Car. I get feel. I feel a bit sick in your car sometimes. See, no one that I'm aware of. But the what? But the worst thing he did when he first started driving was coming down uh, air six towards four lane ends, and he decided to put it in fifth because it's forty mile an hour road at the time, fifty. So we're doing about fifty. But he went the other way and tried to put it in reverse. Fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Well, um, to my knowledge, I don't think anyone flinched at my driving when I first passed, but that's because it took me forever to pass. So. <laughs> yeah, that was practice already. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I got taken to the dentist, and the dentist was on the outskirts of Budapest. So I got to see the side of Budapest that your average tourist won't see. So I got to see all the old communist buildings and everything, and uh, all the old Roman ruins. Very fascinating. And the dentists work differently over there than they do here. All their dentists are in shopping centres. So I was taken to a shopping centre. Uh, this is weird. This is getting a bit... Did, did you ever at any point start getting a bit scared at this point? No, I knew ahead of time before the holiday that they were in shopping centres. So, you know, I was not at all concerned. I thought, yeah, this is all This is all part of the plan. You look concerned, Stu, are you all right? No. You're not all right? No, no, come on. I'm not concerned. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Went to the shopping centre, uh, was taken into this... Uh, yeah, I'd like to stress as well that's how, that you're not on display for the public in this shopping centre, you know, it's all behind closed doors. It's not like one of those teeth whitening little egg things. No, not at all. So, going to the actual dentistry, and they make me fill out this giant four-page form, you know, all health and safety stuff, telling, telling them any diseases or whatever, and, uh, you know, and... Uh, and finally have my first session. And the first session was to put my temporary crown on. And I say crown singular because uh, all the crowns put on was one adjo- long, big, adjoining plastic crown. They weren't even the final material. They were plastic and they felt weird. This involved... They weird. No, they looked great, but they felt weird and they were held together with some kind of thread. And you know when you feel your teeth with your tongue? I could feel the thread. It was very hard not to want to play with them. And... Um, Anyway, so my first session was over three hours sat in a dentist chair. And I've never had a woman dentist before. Have you guys ever had a woman yeah. dentist? Yeah, yep. The one tooth I've had removed was removed by a woman. And you know she what? wasn't strong enough to take it out. I... So her assistant so had I to had hold to my it. head while she double-handed the thing <laughs> and went like Fucking that, hell. back, back and forth. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Wow. No, I don't like that. See, now, now Nick uh, threw... Brush twice a day, kids. Indeed. Nick threw his own bad experience with one tooth that caught him a world of pain. Uh, Nick, through his own bad experience, is no fan of the dentist. Have I told that story in the podcast? You haven't, so you must do that sometime. The dentistry. (laughs) It's it's a long enough story, and uh, I wouldn't want to have to cut one of us short. Yeah, go on, then. Anyway, I've never had a woman dentist before, and let me tell you, after this experience, I'm going women dentist all the way. The amount of boobs I had in my face was fantastic. They were all good-looking women as well. Anyway... Because they're uh, all probably going to be, like, not fat in Hungary, in one of those countries where there's slightly less food. Well, my, my main my main dentist was very curvaceous. She was not fat. Ethiopian. <laughs> he's also said his, dry, his cab driver was fat. Alright, so no, f- no, pardon me. Pay attention. No, pardon me. <laughs> no, Eshwan was fat. Ma- uh, Martin was slim and wore glasses. Uh, anyway, uh, Gabriella was my main dentist. Uh, he was very curvaceous. Uh, through a lot of the procedure, I could either see the blinding light up above. Obviously, I had goggles on. But through a lot of the procedure, I could either see just the blinding light up above. 
two mashed faces talking Hungarian to each other are boobs. Or every now and again I'd see a drill. And I was in that I was in that chair for over three hours. <laughs> all I could hear was drilling and cracking and everything, all very unnerving noises. Before- Please tell me that the uh, light was like blinking and stuff. No, it was it was it was, it was a very nice. Place. Were they smoking at the same time? These dentists. <laughs> this not. is all right. Imagine Eastern Europe, like professionals smoking. You touch down the airport, the guy who gets your passport smoking. No, no. I've shown you that. Well, have you looked at the blog? That uh, doctor from Cavos, this surgeon kind of guy. Uh, every every time he got introduced on the show, he sat there, feet up on his desk, smoking a huge cigar. Belting. It's like, is it like in, the, in the original Batman movie, the the operating room that Jack Nicholson's Joker gets his face sorted out in? No. Like all his tools are like no, rusty, there, and no. there's like only one singular light <laughs> hanging about and swinging. No, there was no uh, there was no scene where I was handed a mirror and then started hysterically laughing before smashing. <laughs> the mirror. There's like an abortion going on in the room next to you. <laughs> Bleak. <laughs> there's no door. There's just one of those bead curtains between. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what. It was a really beautiful dentistry, and they all wore nice orange overalls. And uh, again, they're all very pretty. All of them are women. Just, what prisoners were they? Guantanamo Bay. That's where you've been spirited away to. Anyway, I uh, before they could do all this putting the crown on, I had to have copious amounts of injections in my top gum. And I hate dental injections. They're yeah. the worst injections you can have, I think. And I don't bark at injections. What about beef injections? Everyone loves a good beef injection. Um, I, I don't bark at the sight of needles. You know, Anyone who does, anyone who has any problems with needles, would not be able to go through with this procedure. The amount of injections I had over the course of this week was ridiculous. So I had this an- anaesthetic uh, gel put on my gums, you know, which tasted like raw alcohol, you know, and all these injections put in, which the more injections you had, the more painful they got. Yeah, certainly so you get tender, don't you? Yeah, yeah. certainly they got towards the centre of the mouth as well. Anyway, after a ridiculous amount of injections, I was made to swill this water, which was ridiculous. It was like trying to reach a glass, just constantly out of reach. I couldn't, you know, I had to swill this water, which immediately poured out of my mouth, because my to- top jaw was... Because your mouth were knackered. Yeah, my top jaw was that swollen. Anyway, <laughs> after, after three hours of just hearing all this cracking and drilling and everything, they sit me up in the chair and they go, these are what your teeth will look like, but they will look nicer than this, and they will be made of a nicer material than this. What do you think? They hold up a mirror for me. And medical th- laughter. Well, my mouth was like Judge Dredd's. My mouth was like that. It was like, uh, in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she literally had to hold my face up <laughs> so that I could look at my teeth. So she held my, so she held my face up, and I'm there going, "Oh yeah, they look nice." Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they did look nice, but they were also very distractingly covered in loads of bloody saliva. Mm. And uh, so, you know, and also, at the moment she let go of my face, I returned back to looking like Judge Dredd. And, uh, was this at a point, though, where what do you think of them if you didn't like them? Is, is, was it like the scenario when you have your hair cut and the guy <laughs> yeah, shows the back of your the head? Point of your like, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. You know, (laughs) thankfully it wasn't like that because you know what? Yeah, you know what? The whole three hours, over three hours, I was sat in that chair hearing all these horrific noises every now and again. yeah, again, I'm not afraid of needles, but I had so many injections that I must have been gripping the chair so hard that, I'm, again, I must have had that look of fear in my eyes, because every now and again, I, you know, I, they would break out of Hungarian and go, you okay? Is everything all right? Uh, 
That's you know, just a good bedside manner rather than you leave them no, fearful. No, exactly, absolutely. But, you know, I spent the whole three hours hearing all this cracking and drilling and just thinking, well, you know, that's it. What's done is done. There's no going back. You asked for this. You're going to put up with it and you're going to like the result, you know. And I did like the result. Because, again, you know, this was... This was no quick fix solution. There was a lot of build up to this. You know, they knew exactly what they were doing. You know, um, for example, because uh, I had that gap in my teeth, the tooth that is now there, so that gap is the tooth I was missing. So even though there's only nine crowns gone on because I'm missing the tenth one, one of those crowns is now a canine which I was missing. So so as well as missing the gap, I'm also got the tooth I was always missing. I'm, re- I'm really happy with them. Anyway, they put on this temporary and, you know, and I look fucking ugly, you know, because my face is all swollen and I can't lift my mouth up. And, uh... Do you have black eyes? No. Thank, no, there's no bruising. Oh. And, um... And, uh... You know, I was taken back to my hotel and I thought, right, I could go out. Uh, it would be better if I just stuck around the hotel and let my face come down a bit. Because... And it took ages for my face to come down. Eventually, the left side of my face perked up, the right side didn't. And and I, it was very distressing looking in the mirror because I looked like a stroke victim. Like you had Bell's palsy. <laughs> I, I genuinely looked like someone who had a stroke. It was very, and it was very unsettling. And my teeth wouldn't, my gums wouldn't stop bleeding as well. And it was very hard to rinse my mouth out. It was very, very bad for self-esteem. And it was on these days, all the days where I had dental work, as I found out, uh, which I didn't appreciate beforehand, all these days where I had dental work led to hours afterwards of low self-esteem and not wanting to talk to anyone. So so maybe that can be classed as cowardice. I don't know. But I, just, I couldn't face going out and facing the world. So eventually my face came down, came down enough that I put my bandana on over my face and I went out exploring and I went to a big pedestrian area, took loads of photos, went to the big market they've got over there, which is famous. You think Bury Market is famous. It's not as famous as <laughs> Market. And, uh, and yeah, and that was my first day. Went back to the hotel and watched the rest of Iron Man 2 because I didn't get to watch it all in one sitting. And then I had to be up even earlier the next day for my second session at the dentist, which was the bleaching, which was the worst part of the whole thing. The bleaching involved having loads of injections this time in my bottom jaw. And uh, and again, they were very unpleasant. And then they put this gel on my... Is everything all right? They put this gel on my teeth, and then they put this giant machine over my face and uh, turned the lights off, turned the music up. And Run away. <laughs> uh, no, there's loads of them just stood in the corner talking Hungarian. I'm just lying there, you know, summing got my life, you know. And this goes <laughs> on for 15 minutes. The machine goes off. The lights come back on, they reapply the gel, and the machine comes back on. Another 15 minutes, the machine comes off, reapply the gel, another 15 minutes, reapply the gel, another 15 minutes, and over an hour with this machine over your face. And the more and more this machine stayed over your face, the more painful your mouth became, because the thing with bleaching is it sucks all the moisture out of your teeth. And it takes 24 hours for that moisture to return. So your teeth are basically just hard, hollow shells. And it leads to incredible sensitivity. Ridiculous sensitivity. Uh, And it wouldn't have to be brought on by going out into a cold breeze or drinking cold water. It would just come on whenever it fancied, you know. I could be walking down the street and then suddenly going, Because it was that unpleasant. And yeah, it was very painful, and and they had to give me this painkiller for it, called Cataflam, which again, I had to read a big four-page document beforehand to agree that I would take it, you know, because again, it's, you know, not a painkiller that you... Can get over the counter, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, and then I, again I went back to the hotel and had to wait ages for my face to come down. Uh, then decided to go to the National Museum, uh, which was very fascinating. Uh, and had no lunch whatsoever and went back to my hotel, just chilled out for a bit. Decided I can't stay in my hotel all night, I'm going out again. Found a late night coffee shop, uh, stayed in the coffee shop all night, watching it snow, looking at the view, which was very picturesque. Drank a frappe, because uh, it was nice and white, because I was told to avoid colourful staining stuff actually. So I drank a frappe, tried to eat a cookie, couldn't manage it. Uh, so, you know, all I ate all day was those peaches in the morning and some crumbs of a cookie. And then it was off to bed, you know, it was, a, it was painful. Uh, it was painful, I didn't do a lot of talking to anyone that day. I was glad it was just me walking around the museum by myself. And that is why I'm glad I did this trip by myself. It would have been such a, a killer for anyone else yeah. on that trip to put up with me going, oh no, I don't want to go out. Anyway, the next day was Wednesday where I didn't have to go to the dentist. You know, my mouth had returned to normal and I'd stopped bleeding and, uh, and I looked, you know, if I say so, I felt good looking. And, uh, you know, and I went exploring. I went to the House of Terror, which is an amazing museum. You, Big Stu, would love it. It's all about when Hungary was taken over by the Soviets and the Nazis. It was made for very fascinating viewing. It was in the museum that I spied another solo traveller, a lovely Argentinian girl called Camilla. And uh, we were both in there alone and therefore stuck together. We've walked through the museum together. It was a massive museum. You spent hours in there. And we had one of those proper rom-com moments. You picked up sheets of paper as you went into every room to give you descriptions of what was going on. And the museum was fantastic with music and TV screens. It was proper modern, but it was awesome. I can't describe how good it was. It was really good. And it ended with you going into the basement and going in these genuine old torture cells and everything. It was really fascinating. Anyway, I had, we had one of these proper rom-com moments where they had these telephones mounted on the wall and you picked up the telephone and you dialed and, and you got like... A, a genuine piece of audio from back in the time of like an angry Nazi shouting or whatever. Anyway, I'm juggling all these papers, all these papers fall out of my hands. I go down to pick them up and she's come over to help pick them up. And we had that moment where we both put our hands on the same piece of paper and then smile at each other. It was nice. So we stuck around the museum together. <laughs> Did you bring uh, up the Malvinas? <coughs> uh, no. The, Mal- uh, the, Argent- the, Fort- the Falklands. Uh, I couldn't have not done. Uh, That's because you're a Dick. You know, That's right. um, well, you know, I'm from Argentina. Well, at this point, I thought she was Spanish. Uh, you know, so you know, she. At this point, we'd stuck around. We'd walked around the Italian museum together and not said a word to each other. We'd smiled at each other and everything. You know, but we hadn't actually said a word. And eventually, we were going through a very quiet part where we were going down to the the floor below. And I said, uh, "Español." And uh, and she go and she goes, "Yes." And I'm like, uh, "Speak English." And she's like. Uh, English very bad. She couldn't speak a lot of English at all, but she was very good company. And it turned out she's from Argentina, and she was just in the country for again a couple of days. Everyone I met in this place was there for a couple of days, so I, I was there for a long time in comparison. She was there for a couple of days, and then she was going back to Spain where she was studying or whatever it was. Anyway, she was nice. Once we were done in the museum, decided we'd go to Hero Square together, which is a lovely park. Uh, it has a castle and an ice skating rink, and and. Uh, thermal water because underneath there's a big you know uh, hot spring thermal thermal <laughs> hot spring hot sp- there's a thermal spring it's underneath hot warm, it. like warm water they have a big thermal lake full of ducks those ducks must love it in the winter because again it was so cold and they've got a fancy really fancy restaurant on the lake and I made a mental note to go back one night and 
and go. Anyway, me and Camilla walked around for a bit, and eventually I wanted to go into this castle. She didn't, so we said our goodbyes. Um, explored around, uh, went back, had again, had uh, tried to eat tea in a local bar near my restaurant called the Frank Zappa Bar, which you might imagine was was decorated uh, in like a trip. <laughs> Yeah, like no, like a bad trip. Absolutely, I went in in there and talked to a couple of other travellers. There was this Australian guy who was staying in a hostel. He was he was very forthcoming and very loud, and it's not really my type. Especially when I still didn't feel like I could comfortably talk. I couldn't eat properly without having to like eat like a duck. Anything I eat took ages to chew, and I was having to go, you know, just to. Just a swallow, you know. So I didn't that know. impression, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine a dog trying to wolf down a pork chop as quickly as possible. Yeah, that, that is what it was but like. Finding it quite difficult. I tried eating a schnitzel. I ate most of it. it was like that. Oh, what were you training for, Dan? I uh, tried eating a schnitzel, which was all cut up into tiny pieces, and uh, you know, I couldn't eat it all. It was just at this point, it was still too damn hard to eat, and. Uh, but, you know, at least I tried. You know, and the portions over there are huge for so cheap money as well. You feel so bad for not spending so much money. Uh, anyway, the next day was Thursday and I went off to St. Margaret's Island, which is a beautiful island on the River Danube. And they have a petting zoo, which wasn't open, but I still saw all the animals. They have a petting zoo and a giant running track that goes around it and loads of ruined buildings and churches and castles and everything. Very fascinating. And all the crows uh, that hang around the countryside outside of the main city, they all congregate on this island about two, three in the afternoon and then and then fly off wherever together. So there were hundreds and hundreds of crows on this island. And they were on the ground, in the trees, flying overhead. It was like being in the birds. It was very cool. So I hung around there for a bit and uh, I went to St. Stephen's Basilica. I went up the tower and saw a beautiful view. Sadly, it was a very foggy day, so all the photos I took up there, <coughs> uh, there's not a lot going on in the background. It's just white, but it was fantastic. Got some people to take some photos of me whilst I was there. There were two English lads and there were two, I uh, want to call them French. There were two French girls. Uh, they took some photos. You know, every, everyone over there was so nice. And again, it was so cheap. And I went in the Basilica and I'm not religious at all, but... It is a very fancy church. They've got a mummified hand in there of, like, St. Awesome. Stephen. So I went and saw the hand. Not Can you touch it? Uh, no, it's in, like, a big glass case. You're not allowed to take photos, either. Um, Could be anyone's hand. Yeah. Um, Could be a twig. At this, point, <laughs> at this point, I should mention that this St. Stephen's Basilica that I went to, this was the building I found on my first night there, which I didn't realise was St. Stephen's Basilica. That app I was using on my phone told me it was in a completely different location. The previous night, the Wednesday night, after eating in the Frank Zappa bar, I got on the underground, and uh, according to this app, if I went on this specific underground, it would take me to this area, and it would be right outside St. St. Stephen's Basilica. It took me to an extremely rough, scary neighbourhood. <laughs> Looked at my app, and said, this can't be the place, this is too rough an area. But according to the app, it was just around the corner. I go around the corner, and there's a little church. And I thought, well, that's very pretty, but that's not St. Stephen's Basilica. Took a couple of photos before getting the hell out of there, because <laughs> it felt dangerous. Anyway, St. Stephen's Basilica is, again, a beautiful This bad experience happened after you ate in the Frank Zappa bar. Ah, <laughs> good call. They charged me for four apple juices in the Frank Zappa bar, and I only had two. 
I didn't I didn't say anything. I didn't complain. I just paid for the extra too. But you know, the considering you just complaining that, that you didn't. <laughs> I'm not spending that much. I'm gone a minute. Fucking no, bastard. No, it's, yeah, the thing is, when I, when I first get, when I first sat in the restaurant and the guy comes over and I went, I thought I'm going to prepare ahead of time because I'll probably drink more than I'll eat. Uh, can I have two apple juices? He comes back with just the one apple juice. Uh, and when that's gone, I think I still want another apple juice. Can I have another apple juice, please? So when the bill comes, it was now four apple juices. So he might check- have put two into a big glass for you. No, it was a small glass. It was a tiny small glass. So and it, it doesn't matter. But uh, I didn't. I didn't. They complained about it. But finally, they got charged for four when I only ordered two. Um, anyway, Thursday night I did the coolest thing I did the entire holiday. One of the most surreal things I did the entire holiday. <laughs> you did meth. Uh, yes, but I don't. Like, yes, but I don't like to show off. I shot a Serb. It's <laughs> part of the dental package. <laughs> right At the price, you will get this man's teeth in your mouth. <laughs> Choose which man you'd like, and then shoot him. In oh, here's a lovely. I'll take his. Um, Thursday night, I went back to Hero Square. I had tea in that really fancy restaurant on the Thermal Lake, uh, which was beautiful. So good. I had the the most amazing lemonade I've ever drunk in my life as well just for the record it was beautiful anyway after that I went to this castle like building they've got at Hero Square which is literally just a giant fortified wall and inside that is a giant courtyard with outdoor thermal pools so I rented a cabin and uh, stole the slippers from my hotel because uh, the floor would be extremely cold and had a swim with all these strangers in these outdoor hot pools with all the steam coming off and watching the snowfall. It was it was amazing. There was something very cool about on a cold January night in the dark watching the snowfall in a hot thermal pool with all the steam, all these strangers, all these fit girls in bikinis and a nice oriental Frenchman called Frederick. It was very cool. And, uh, what did he do for you? We just talked. He was a very nice guy. What didn't he do for you? <laughs> Anyway, I, I spent a long time in the pool and then you get out and it's freezing cold and then you run over to your towel, which is frozen because all the steam has condensated. So you, you're then freezing cold wrapping yourself with a frozen towel uh, and you go back to your cabin. Did you say condensated? Is that the word? No, that would be condensed. Whatever. Anyway. Uh, Science. English. Whatever. Anyway, anyway, it was very cool. I can't tell you if my cock shriveled because it wasn't on the top of my agenda. You know, just uh, all, all I could think about was getting back into my cabin and warming up. But it was really cool, very nice. On the Friday, I had the big important dental session where they took off the temporary and put on the real crowns. Once again, this involved a ridiculous amount of injections, which again, with every passing day, got more and more painful. They were fucking horrible. Anyway, they put up, they take off the temporary, which just sounded like my teeth being smashed. She said, you're going to hear some really unpleasant noises. It's just the plastic being broken off. It's not your actual teeth. But still, it didn't make it any less pleasant, so any more pleasant. I hate it, because like, your face is kind of moved. You can't, you can't feel anything, but you, your head kind of moves, mm, and yeah. you know something's going on. You can you can't feel quite it, tell but you what. just can't tell what. Yeah, it's fucking out of hair shit like that. It's also they also ask you every now and again if you're all right, you know, and you've got this thing in your mouth, you know, and you're all injected, so all you can go is go, yeah, you know. <laughs> I did not. I will say this as well. I noticed every time I had these injections, I noticed that the next few hours that I followed, I had to talk a bit like Bane because I had to overpronounce everything because my mouth, one, one side of my mouth wouldn't work, so I was always going, uh, you know, I was always going, uh, you know, where's the museum? I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to overpronounce. It's not me, it's the teeth. <laughs> uh, 
You think the teeth are your ally? <laughs> and uh, anyway, they uh, they take off the temporary and they put the proper ones on and they look awesome. Again, she has to lift up my face just for me to look at them, but they look awesome. I was so happy with them, apart from feeling fucking hideous to look at, but I was so happy to, you know, I was so happy with them. Went back to the hotel again, just chilled for a few hours. Um, at this, by the way, I should point out that after the first dental session, when I realised how painful my teeth was and how hard it was just to drink, I knew at this point that on the holiday I was never going to go to a bar or a nightclub. So I never saw it instant. I never had any cool yakuza like scenarios like students. I'm, I'm Did you see any um, very large bald-headed men in leather jackets? That's the Eastern European experience. I think I, I think I possibly did <laughs> see the odd one or two, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, it's uh, not what you went for and stuff. Yeah. But um, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's as modern as it is. Because like, like, I'm expecting. I was like, oh, he's going to be in the dentist chair, and they won't have Novocaine. It'll be vodka. Like, oh, for the dentist. I can feel it, and then just shove more vodka in you. <laughs> like I say, I, I was disappointed that they had Tesco. You know, like uh, when they told me the <clears throat> that the first forty-eight hours after whitening, not to have anything colourful, I thought, shit, my toothpaste is green. So I went to Tesco Metro just to see if they had white toothpaste, and they don't because all toothpaste these days is very colourful. I just thought, oh fuck it, I'm sure it will make a difference. But it was surreal going to a foreign country where they barely speak English and being able to go into a Tesco. Anyway, with my new teeth done, I went back to the hotel and again, just chilled for a few hours. Uh, I should also point out that I watched a second film whilst I was over there, a film which came out ten years ago. It was a fantastic film that I never saw, and I was robbed of a gem, because I remember the trailer coming out ten years ago and thinking, eh, not interested. I watched Big Fish. And it, Epic film. It's a fantastic film. I- I can totally see why you'd enjoy that film. It's a fantastic film. I, just, I loved everything about it. it it's full of excellent, profound quotes as well. One of that the, is Tim Burton's last good film. Yeah, it probably is, actually, yeah. It was really good. And it was good to see a film that he did without Johnny Depp in as well. About being it? a fucking remake as well. Yeah, yeah. His own ori- well, yeah. I wouldn't say original, it's based on a book. But yeah, yeah point is, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm trying to think what I did now on the rest of that Friday. Um... <clears throat> I obviously went exploring, so I can't think what I did. I did something. To be honest, if the, hi- if the main highlight was the hot springs. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so you flew back. Oh, no, I, yeah, Friday I went to Buda Castle, where Katy Perry did the firework video. I went across the other side of the river to, river to Buda, because I was staying in Pest for the record. I went over to Buda, and I saw the Buda Castle and the Fisherman's Bastion, and I went in the Fisherman's Bastion. And I saw the sun go down and watched Budapest all light up, you know, sorry, from this great viewpoint, took loads of photos, got, again, other people take photos of me. None of those photos are probably going to go on Facebook, because half my face is still asleep, so I look, I look unhappy. You know, like a monk. <laughs> my eyes look, I might be smiling or trying to smile, but my eyes look really unhappy and in pain. <laughs> and I'm I wa- smiling, but you're crying at the same time. Yeah, the thing is, ah! this, last, this last day, this Friday. Smile for the camera! <laughs> this last day, this Friday, it was bitterly cold. It was painfully cold. It was so cold and windy up in up at the castle as well that, uh, that I, you know, once the sun had gone down, I took all the photos that I could take. I thought I need to go back to the hotel. Uh, I happened to get talking to this English couple who I happened to bump into and we, you know, we walked down the hill together and we walked across the bridge together, got on a tram together and then we went on our separate ways and I went back to my hotel, listened to the last podcast which you just put up, because I care, I'm a good mate, 
listen to the last listen part. to your own podcast <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know I was going to be in to be fair I didn't know it was going to be the dating one you know so I thought you did I'm very surprised whilst I've been gone this whole four weeks I'm very surprised you guys haven't done another it's podcast just been having the time so everyone's having the correct aligned sure. schedule the last time we all got together was for the uh, Super, Bowl, Super Bowl which was ace by the way I've so really enjoyed um Beyonce's hot, by the way. Anyway, um, I've just seen the she photos. Looks like she yeah. <laughs> you know, I the There's another one that's come out that's uh, that's equally as disturbing. The one where she's gurning. Oh, there's two. Well, they're all gurning. gurning. Yeah. You no, know, the gurning doesn't bother me at all. I definitely would. Yeah, he definitely. I destroy. What if she pulled one of those faces though whilst you? And then flexes a huge thigh muscles. Yeah, no. and you'd be like, what am that, I doing? That would probably be a huge turnout, to be honest. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, I got back to my hotel, my mouth was on fire, it was killing so much, my head was pounding, my, my ankles were killing because I was wearing the, I'd broken in these new shoes over my holiday, they'd ripped all the skin off my ankle bone. So my ankles were killing, my jaw was killing, my head was killing, and just to get in on the arts, the back of my left knee was killing, which I don't know why. Anyway, I was in a lot of pain and I didn't do a lot that night, I went out and grabbed a KFC again, I was still avoiding colourful food. I knew I was allowed to eat chicken. You know, I didn't want to go anywhere far, so I just grabbed some chicken and chips. I uh, tried watching The King's Speech, but it wouldn't play properly on my tablet, so I didn't end up doing it in the end. Saturday morning, uh, I went to the West End Shopping Centre, which is a really fancy Trafford Centre-style shopping centre they, they have there. I got you all a present. Oh. Uh, genuinely surprised. Uh, let's see. That's specifically for you. Cheers, mate. Oh, nice one. That is for you, because you're big and hairy. Yes, I think. But a resin. Thank you. And that is for you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Just... Oh, thanks very much. I'm, I'm, genu- I'm genuinely Cheers. very pleased by that, Dan. Thank you. No problem. I'd just like to say to the listeners, I've got Phil a Batman keyring. Phil loves Batman. I've got Stu a Chewbacca keyring. And Nick a Yoda keyring. Because I'm the oldest, wisest, and most The all-powerful. <laughs> I went to the West End Shopping Centre had a look around got you guys those little gifts uh, is it dead cheap in there as well so it's like the traffic centre but cheap yeah pretty much Man. you know the thing you know what if it hadn't been if I'd had the time because it was my last morning I was pushed for time if I'd had the time I could have maybe allowed myself to buy a couple of new shirts or whatever but I just timed in to allow it to get straight back in the tram back to the hotel to be picked up by Martin he took me back to the dentist we checked my bite and made sure there was you know no other problems they took loads of Loads of photos. Um, Put it on keys. Took loads of photos and, you know, said they were really happy with the results. More importantly, I was really happy with the results. Martin picked me up, took me off to the airport. Had to wait ages for the check-in gate to open. Uh, but, was, you know, going home is... You know, once you're, in the, once you're in an airport coming home, you know, there's no fun, is there? Once you're in the yeah, airport... Shit. Once you're in the airport, your mind's turned off. As great as your holiday was, all you want to do is get back yeah, home. definitely. Uh, you know, and in the airport, I can't help but see these Hungarian chavs or gypsies, whatever they were, <laughs> they were wearing, like, one of them... Looked, one or the other. One of, social underclass or some kind of... What, there was like there was like a family of four or five of them. That one of them looked exactly like Dappy and was wearing one of the big bubble coats and everything. And I just thought, you are a tool, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them was this girl, you know, with, like tights that had been sewn onto her and giant thick hoop earrings and everything and I was thinking I'm not sitting next to you on this plane sure enough I ended up sitting next to them on the plane <laughs> uh, I ran onto the plane as I did the first time made sure I got a window seat with leg room 
and they happened to sit next to me. So all I did was finish reading my book, and I read a book called A Street Cat Named Bob whilst I was on holiday, which is a very lovely, very touching story. The last page made me tear up, which on the plane I'm thinking, not now, not now, turning into the window so that these chavs could enjoy my grief. Uh, finished watching my book and listened to the Inception soundtrack. There's something very nice about being on a plane and listening to Time by Hans Zimmer. Uh, and then landing back in the country, my parents picked me up and, you know, my, the first thing my mum said was I looked different and I feel different. I've not just got this nice Hollywood smile, but I feel, I feel better for it. I've come back with a real boost and determination and I'm just really positive right now. That's the most positive I've felt in a very long time. Uh, so, very long story. Apologies. Very long story cut short, but it was a great trip. Very happy for you, mate. Thank you. Uh, for, for one, I felt... Obviously, I, I, I don't think you would have done it if it had been it, there'd been any kind of undertone of danger as much as we thought. The peril you know. quotient was pretty low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because obviously you are going to another country for an opera, you know, operation more or less. Uh, l- listen to is... the l- listen to the you know just the description of it. I'm going to Eastern Europe yeah. to have my teeth dental done. work. <laughs> you picture a back street and a brick for anaesthetic, don't you? Yeah, what so. I was more concerned with is that you wouldn't be happy with the result. So I'm genuinely pleased for you. I, I, you know, I had everything going. You know, I, uh, you know. Have you ever? Have you guys? You must have done. I'm, I'm always very surprised when people say they've never had these dreams before. Have any of you guys ever had the horrible dream where your teeth fall yeah, out? Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're horrible dreams. They're a mm-hmm. sign of anxiety. Apparently, I was afraid that I'd ha- be having them every night in the build-up to this, and I never did. But when I, but to make up for it, I was always daydreaming worst-case scenario. What if I don't like them? What if no one notices? What if other people don't like them? And I think they're fantastic, and other people think so too. And I'm just I'm so happy with them. I'm really happy. Great. Sure, so on that note. So on that note, I'm glad to be back. I'm Dan. Phil. Mm-hmm. And Nick.